Tasting Anarchy, your wine and liberty podcast. Join Mason and Jake each week as they try new wines and discover how much government is in your drink. Alert, the file cannot be played. Please remove it and try it to add it back again. <laughs> All right, so that that's our intro music for this week yeah. as we continue to have trouble since Zencaster up created its interface in my opinion i know it's been longer than that but uh so we're tasting anarchy i'm mason he's jake um yeah we uh we talk wine and liberty and uh we're gonna talk a lot of wine tonight without me having actually drank anything and jacob has a special treat for all of us which i heard him open and i know that was i was opening a beer but i'm going to open now <laughs> the uh gotcha the dr pepper zero which we talked about last episode and I'm going to do a taste test. And as the listeners know, after listening to the last episode, and as you know, Mason, just for over the years, both of us are big Diet Dr. Pepper fans. I mm-hmm. fancy myself a Diet Dr. Pepper connoisseur. Oh, you, so, you messed me up several times last week because of Oh, that. really? Yeah. I went to um, uh, Sonic for lunch one day during the week and asked for a diet dr pepper and i'm it's like they did like a you know like back in the day when you were a kid did you ever do like a suicide soda where you got like yeah a little bit of every soda yeah 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 basically it was like that where it's like this is like half dr pepper half diet dr pepper or something but i thought it was full dr pepper and then my wife and daughter came to have lunch with me again or have lunch with me on Friday because my daughter was on uh, spring break and my wife took the week off to just use some vacation time and, you know, hang out with the kid. And they tried, we tried to go to zeros by the office and like either they only had one person there and she didn't feel safe opening the door, which I totally understand. Yeah. She missed the time that they were supposed to open or was intentionally not open. I don't know which of the three it was, but so they ended up getting Sonic. And again, it was like the weird mix. And I was just like annoyed because like I've been really budgeting my like (laughs) caffeine intake. And I was like, okay, going to have a Diet Coke with zeros because they don't have Diet Dr. Pepper. But like their Diet Diet Coke is pretty good, like their mix. And then the (laughs) freaking... Diet Dr. Pepper, the Sonic was just like, I'm not going back. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. I, I like that Zeros by the uh, the old office because mm-hmm. they have a pinball machine in there from, I think it's from, is it from Time Cop or from uh, Repo? Oh, they Man? rotate it every once in a while. Oh, they do? Okay. Yeah. I remember I remember the first time I went in there and they had a Time Cop pinball machine. I was like, who would make a Time Cop pinball machine? <laughs> and they, <laughs> like, they had a uh, a Simpsons one for a while. Oh, really? Interesting. Um, okay. And I don't remember, I think it's like the fun zone right now or something like that, which might be like a twilight zone one. I'm not exactly, I, I don't remember because the last couple, like, you know, with all the pandemic, like their restrooms aren't open anymore, which is super frustrating to me because I like to wash my hands, like not because of the pandemic, but because like, I feel like I touch a bunch of dirty stuff, <laughs> right. just yeah. general dirtiness. <laughs> like I like to wash my hands before I eat. Um, and yeah, I just can't at the moment in there. And so I think they also like half the time that they don't plug the pinball machine in because I think they're not supposed to technically have it active or something, but huh, that's, that's very, that's weird. I guess because, you know, people are touching it. I don't know what the regulations are. I, yeah. There. I don't, I don't know, but I would, I still want to play pinball every once in a while. 
yeah, yeah. I, I played that. I played. I think it was Time Cop that they had there for a while, and I played, which is a Jean Claude Van Damme movie from like 1992 or 1993 or something like that. It's not True a very Americana. <laughs> it is. It, I mean, it's like it's not a very good movie, but it's a good movie. Like yeah, in like I, the, the cheesiness factor. I can't remember if it was my cousin who was really into Time Cop. Or if it was my friend Thomas, or if I'm just thinking it was you, like it was just you, and I've kind of blended the yeah, three of you. It could be. Over the I, mean, year. I, I like. I actually really like all those kind of. I would say I would say B level sci-fi movies where they're just. I, I even like the like the Z level ones, like Giant Killer Mosquito that was on uh, yeah. Sci-Fi Channel when we were kids. Uh, like, the, well, the, like the, it's the, not good, but it's good in its own way. To me, that seems like a very you and your dad thing. Yeah, like, and we did. Yeah, we would watch spending a lot of those time things. together. Is you know, it, it's a little bit scary, a little bit not like naughty and like oh, it's like risque, but like, right? Would your mom really approve if she saw the whole movie? Yeah, probably. Yeah. If she took like a a step back, she'd be like, yeah, this is fine. But when you're a kid, you're like, probably not. Yeah, <laughs> so. and and like on sci-fi, they would always be like. Those fudging mosquitoes are about to kill us. And my mom would be like, oh, fudging, that's a swear word. We got to turn that off. <laughs> so anyways, back to the Diet Dr. Pe- or the Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go ahead and open this. So Dr. Pepper won its lawsuit against uh, Coca-Cola. And so now they are allowed to put zero sugar on the label. So well, they, it does they look won very the- similar. Yeah, they won that? that version of the lawsuit. I'm yes. sure there is uh, probably another one. Yeah, additional litigation. But what was very interesting about it is that there was a very prominent display of zero sugar sodas at Kroger, including this one. They also had um, Canada Dry Zero, Seven mm-hmm. Up Zero, which I think Seven Up Zero already existed though. Um, there's Mulder barking or something. Uh, and then they had like. Uh, there was a Pepsi Zero, which was also interesting, be- or it was maybe that was Pepsi One that they just had on the display because you brought up Pepsi One. Yeah, the and, significantly um, older soda. <laughs> yeah, and then th- what was also interesting though about this display is they had several Coca Cola products that were the mm-hmm. zero sugar Coca Cola products. So I was like, oh, this is interesting. It's like a, it's just all the zero sugar products that they decided to end cap. Yeah. But I thought it was funny because we had just talked about yeah the zero. And so I- I'm going to go and try it. Yeah. Well, and we'll see. Uh, okay, so I smelled it. I haven't tried it yet. It smells exactly like regular Dr. Pepper, Ugh. Uh, which I actually appreciate. It reminds me of, uh, so at Camp Burton, I was only allowed to drink root beer. Well, I was only allowed to drink decaf sodas up until I was like 10. But mm-hmm. for some reason at Camp Burton, I was allowed to have Dr. Pepper because they didn't have root beer. And Dr. Pepper was the closest thing to root beer. Yeah. Um, so I also think of myself as a root beer connoisseur. Um, I, I used to make my sisters like set up blind taste testings for me. <laughs> With, I, they'd be like, oh, I don't want to set this up. I'd be like, just just set it up. Just just pour them in the cups and then and hide what which one is which. And and then I would like guess what each one was. <laughs> I just like doing that. When I, was, I was a weird kid, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's such a classic you thing. To do. Just set up. Like, you, do you remember at work one time we had a? Uh, actually, this might have been before you started working there. I had also fashioned myself a cheese it connoisseur of some sort, and Danny had a 
cheese cracker taste test blind tasting. Uh, <laughs> I may have been, I may have worked there, but like wasn't in the in crowd enough to have been like allowed to not be working to do that. You okay. know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. So, so he, what he ended up doing is he smashed up uh, the cheese flavored goldfish cheese. It's cheese snips. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like whatever the food lion brand of cheese cracker is and, yeah. and like two others. Mm-hmm. And, um, and we did like a, a blind taste testing. And of course I, I was able to get it. I do have a, a sophisticated cheese it palate, of course. So, uh, <laughs> I was able to tell which was which, uh, well, actually I couldn't tell the generic ones or cheese snips. Those I, like, I was like, these are not cheese it's and they're not goldfish, but I don't know what they are. Yeah. Um, so I was able to tell that, but I was able to tell goldfish and cheese. It's very easily. I don't even know why people think that, uh, goldfish and cheese. It's are similar. They're just completely different snacks. Um, so as a person who is not super into cheese, I get why somebody would think they're the same, but like when I, you know, I've used to get like those huge, like big, like milk carton, like school milk carton things of uh goldfish that used to get. And I ate my fair share of those at your house in like, yeah. you know, like a goldfish is a puffed cheese cracker yeah. and a cheese it isn't really yeah and sometimes and they goldfish are, have a like, yeah they have a higher content of like wheat in them and it's cheese flavored whereas cheese it's also have a high content of wheat but they have a more cheesy flavor yeah but so like they're they're just a different a different snack yeah wait, one's puffed also, the like, other's not structurally different so it's like you smashed up cheese it's man like it's pretty obvious but like um, right right like cheese nips or whatever i used to really like those yeah like i i, I mean i don't have a problem with them I, they just are not cheese it's yeah but like that's the thing is like when people would like get those instead i always kind of felt like yeah i'm getting one over yeah. on the cheese it's <laughs> right <laughs> like, yeah <laughs> all right so my review yeah my review on this i've, I've taken a couple of sips of it mm-hmm um, flavor wise, I would say this is closer to original Dr. Pepper than diet Dr. Pepper. So I don't actually like it as much, mm-hmm. uh, texture wise though. It is a whole nother thing. So you know how, oh. you know how like, um, the, like I always describe it as being extremely crisp, like diet Dr. Pepper is a crisp texture yeah. like it's uh like sharper smaller bubbles than than the regular mm-hmm. and the regular is more kind of like a frothy sort of carbonation i can see that yeah this is kind of this is actually carbonation wise along the lines of like mug root beer where it's just i it's got like a whole foamy mouth feel to it very aggressive carbonation is yeah what I yeah think where it's like I think, well like barks is probably what i'm thinking of as opposed no, to barks mug, is crisp yeah. mug is mug yeah. is like extremely frothy it's like when yeah. you take a sip of it, you have a mouthful of foam. Whereas Barks is, I would say, is closer to the Diet Dr. Pepper crispness. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's how I would describe this. I'm going to drink them. I mean, I also got the uh, the cream soda, the Diet doc- the Dr. Pepper cream soda zero sugar, um, which is Dr. Pepper mixed with cream soda. Um, yeah, I, I, I had a 
thing of the diet Dr. Pepper ones, and those were gross. <laughs> yeah, they, they, I, I tried those as well, uh, and I was like, okay, these are kind of interesting. You know, I used to be a huge fan of the uh, cherry vanilla diet Dr. Pepper, mm-hmm. and then I got it again recently, and I was like, whoa, this is way too sweet. Yeah, uh, I, but it's like very know. acidic. Yeah, yeah. All right. I mean, yeah. my overall review of this is it is extremely reminiscent of regular Dr. Pepper. Mm-hmm. Um, other than the foaminess, it it is – and the smell is enough regular Dr. Pepper. And it doesn't give you that kind of like chalky or sticky mouth feel, you know, like where it's like mm-hmm. that uh, that regular Dr. Pepper gives you with that yeah, corn syrup. Coating. Yeah, that coating. It doesn't give you that. But I think it's closer to regular Dr. Pepper than than diet Dr. Pepper. Mm-hmm. And it reminds me a lot of getting a Dr. Pepper from the canteen at uh, Camp Burton. Usually I'd get a, 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 a regular Dr. Pepper. They didn't have diet sodas. Well, I'm sure they had them back then, but they didn't carry them at the canteen. Yeah. Um, but they, so I would get a regular Dr. Pepper. And then, you know, those uh, ice cream drumsticks. Yes. I love those things. And uh, me too. I would, I would get one of those and I'd get a, a Dr. Pepper. That was what, cause my mom would like pay the canteen a certain amount of money at the beginning of the week. And all of us were allowed to get two items every day from the canteen. Mm-hmm. And I would always get, a Dr. Pepper and one of those drumsticks until not later on. They, yeah. Really good combination. And then later on, they got the drumsticks that were not the regular drumsticks. They were drumsticks, but they had Butterfinger crumbles on them. Oh, that is what's up. That was my favorite. <laughs> yeah. Like, cause you know, I'm <laughs> a big imagine. fan of Butterfingers and, um, although I don't, Even I don't eat life. a lot of candy. <laughs> yep. Oh man, dude, I love those things, but I don't, I don't eat very many because they're, you know, it's candy and I don't eat a lot of yeah. candy, but, uh, and, and then my aunt tried to like tell me that Chico sticks are the same thing as the inside of Butterfingers. Bullshit. <laughs> like, they're not the same. I don't, but, I don't know what Chico sticks are, but maybe. <laughs> yeah, you, you should try one. They, they are a peanut butter flavored candy, but they're not, they're not like Butterfinger. They're a different type yeah. of candy. I remember so, when, I remember Butterfinger when it had Bart Simpson as its main advertising thing. Yeah. Yeah. And like my mom <laughs> yeah, was yeah. really against the Simpsons. Oh, my so, mom too. Oh, <laughs> that's very not very surprising with your mom. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> oh. Yeah. But yeah, so like my mom was, like, I think there was like a, a while there, like there was a question if we were going to eat Butterfingers. And I think like in the past, like I just thought they were gross, like as a kid. And I don't know if that was like something because I, like I don't personally care for The Simpsons. Like I thought the movie was really funny. Like that spider pig thing was a thing of brilliance from the Simpsons. But like (laughs) my wife has like a big nostalgia for like the early Simpsons and will occasionally like stop and watch some of the new stuff. And I think malice had like a thing like basically like is the Simpsons like redeemable at this point, (laughs) like recently on his Twitter, but like I've never been a big Simpsons fan and I never, I can't, can't, remember when I started like actively liking Butterfingers mm-hmm. and then like, you know, you're saying like, Oh, it's like a peanut butter thing. And I'm like, no, it's a butter thing. And then I'm like, no, Jacob knows what he's talking about. You have no, con- like, like I was really into Snickers yeah, and like, but like, you know, somebody would be like, Oh, this part of the Snickers. And I just like, as a kid, I was always like, what the hell are you talking about? Like, Oh, the nougat part. I'm like, there's no nougat in Snickers. And it totally is. Yeah. But like, as a kid, like I just, I was an idiot. 
So yeah. <laughs> like, well, I mean, like, just just let me let me let me just put this out. Like, think about the tagline for Butterfinger. It's crispy, crunchy, peanut buttery Butterfinger. And then, like, dang it, nobody better lay a hand on my Butterfinger. You know, that's yeah. that's their that's their like slogan or whatever. So it, I, I, it, well, it is, be, yeah, it's peanut. It is a peanut butter flavor product, but it's not. It doesn't really taste like peanut butter. I think yeah, that's it's correct. not like it's not like Reese's. Exactly, cups, which is like, yeah, it's in the name. That yes, it is a. If you if you got that peanut butter out of a jar, you'd probably be incensed. But you right. put it between some chocolate, and you're okay with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, exactly. Like, had you had you not reminded me of what their slogan was, wouldn't have been able to tell you in a year. In like, you give me a thousand guesses, and I probably wouldn't have gotten close. Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> well, you know, they changed I, the formula recently to make it more peanutty. And I had yes. like a big, I, I remember complaining to you about it at work when yeah. we worked at the same place. I was like, what the fuck is this? Like, I, I was so pissed off because, uh, cause like I don't get them very often. Yeah. And, uh, they changed the formula and I was like, this is not the same. It's, it tastes too much like peanuts. And I, fa- I found a place that had all of the old ones. The, mm-hmm. the classics or whatever and i bought like three cases of them just just so i could have like when i wanted a peanut a butterfinger snack i could mm-hmm. get them and they were the little ones the fun size ones oh yeah, yeah um and so i got like three cases of the bags of fun size ones that you give out for halloween so it was like i had them at the betsy ross house like it was just like a whole bunch of butterfingers uh and then i think between nate and i we end up eating them all in like a month so like way too much, but, uh, <laughs> it was, we just, it was, a, you know, it, it just, it made me so upset that they didn't have the regular flavor anymore. Yeah. And then, and then recently, a couple of years ago, um, like two years ago, they came back out with the original formula. Yeah. I knew like, I knew they, I knew that they had made adjustments to the flavor recently. Mm-hmm. I forgot that they had made other adjustments. So I thought you were talking about like the most recent adjustment, which was definitely after I think you moved. And I was like, you didn't have like a bunch of Butterfingers at work. Like, and then I was thinking, I was like, oh no, that did happen. Yeah. And, and it's amazing. Like I used to be the guy who remembered all sorts of stuff. Never really anything before like 2005 very well and now i'm like if it didn't happen in like in my 30s eh, i don't know (laughs) nope (laughs) yeah i can remember like weird stuff at work but like that's about it it's just yeah so i've had i've had in i wouldn't say in my adult life but in my memory two candies that changed that just mm. it it just fully outraged me and made me go on this hunt to find the originals and just buy a ridiculous <laughs> amount of them. Uh, and it was in high school they changed the formula for Big Red, the chewing gum, uh-huh. and the new one. It, it actually the new flavor was fine, but the issue was that the new flavor cut my tongue. Like it would, uh, like I would chew it and then my tongue would like get sores. Yeah, and the that old artificial the, cinnamon. That, that that was probably what it was, and but the old formula didn't do that, and I used to chew a ton of cinnamon gum, and um, I tried switching to another one, and it it did the same thing, and so like I just went on this quest to like every single gas station in Virginia Beach, looking for 
any, even the small packs, even those like little 25 cent packs and just buying all of them because I was like, this is the only gum I can chew. And then I end up just like not chewing gum anymore at some point. So <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I thought you used to chew a lot of gum, but I did. Yeah. And that, that and there's also like, uh, there's a, I can't remember what it is. There's a type of sweetener they use in a lot of gum now that mm-hmm. uh, upsets my stomach. Okay. It's, um, yeah, I think it starts with an M it's like mold direction or something like that. It's an artificial yeah. sweetener, but it just, it, it makes me real sick. So yeah, like I've been, so I don't know if it's the toothpaste that I use, but I, you know, like you used to, you remember, like I used to like chew the smallest pieces of gum. Because like I would take like a regular piece of gum and take a small bite of the gum and then chew that, but then end up chewing a full piece of gum throughout the day. But like after a certain point, like the flavor just builds up and starts to like burn my tongue. And I'm just like, so I have several times gone on a quest for flavorless gum. Huh? Like I don't understand. Like I did a pretty, like I've switched to DuckDuckGo as my my uh, search engine of choice. And sometimes with DuckDuckGo, like the results are just kind of weird. And it's like, I don't know if this is Google's hooks are so deep into my brain that like, I don't think I think these results are actually better or not. But mm-hmm. like five years ago, I had gone on a quest for uh, flavorless gum and I thought I had found some. And then I went on a new quest for it and it was just like some flavor. I just like, I just want like whatever your gum is, no flavor, like mm-hmm. no added flavor that could be whatever flavor it is and just couldn't find anything. And like, I think I, like I bought like a pack of, and the other thing that was driving me nuts is like, I used to chew Orbit's winter green or winter mint or something like that. Mm-hmm. Not like the, pepper like the the spearmint one but not the i'm not i'm not i'm not a fan of spearmint yeah so like not the like not the green one and not the deep blue one but like the Mm -hmm. medium blue yeah and that was okay okay. you're talking about yeah yeah and then it's it's uh the the sweetener that always makes me sick is uh maltitol okay yeah and then like my family used to chew the extra blue not like the deep blue, but the medium blue. And then like I was chewing Trident for a long time and the food line by the office no longer carries those little flip packs oh, of Trident. Okay. I couldn't find it. And like they had a, and much to my stupidity, they had like, you know, those like pop cap gum things, mm-hmm. which like, I don't understand like in the, in the time of COVID, like why they're like coming out with those new pop cap gum things. Like, no, I guess I that makes individual- sense because it's, you're sharing it and like, and yeah. everybody's sticking their fingers in there. Yeah. And you can't shake out just one. Like it's stupid. Yeah. So I came out with a softer, but and more changed flavor. And the flavor is not bad, but like it quickly does start to burn my mouth. Mm. But the other thing that drives me nuts about gum is like, after a while, like I just get tired of chewing and like my jaw hurts or whatever. So like, it's like, like a two fold thing. And like, so the freedom, like after a certain while, it's just like, this flavor sucks. <laughs> like yeah, <laughs> sugar free and everything yeah. like that. And it's a very old gum. So like, but it gets kind of like, 
rubbery too quickly. Yeah. And the flavor yeah. is not great. And then like this other Trident thing. So listeners, if any of you know of a, like a, a general non flavored gum, let me know. <laughs> Cause that'd be great. So, yeah, uh, so that'd we, be good. Yeah. We reviewed, uh, Dr. Pepper zero. Um, we got some exciting news over the last two days about another possible guest who hasn't reached out to us, but we can obviously see the bookings for Childeberg, uh, which is our annual or our is the annual event in Texas for Liberty lovers. It's going to be the 29th through the 31st at not the Metro or Emma long metropolitan park, which looked really nice, but wouldn't let us go last year. So F you Austin. Um, yeah. instead we are going to mule shoe Bend recreational area, which is awesome. Confirmed. We've been there. It's great. Um, so we're going there. It's going to be lots of fun, lots of camping, hanging out, Liberty talk, all sorts of stuff. Um, we've got confirmed Robbie, the fire, uh, Bernstein from part of the problem, uh, our co Get, frequent guest host? I don't know. No, he's, he's, I, I guess it's, he, I think they call him co-host. I, I think he's, it's his show and Dave's show. Dave's yeah. the main guy. And then, yeah. So frequent co-collaborator. And then, um, he also has his own podcast and, uh, Nikki P will be out there. Owen oh, glass, um, good band. And then there's a gentleman coming out to do comedy in his name. I just haven't locked it. Uh, Brian head Breckenridge. Yet. Yeah. Brian Breckenridge. Uh, like yeah. I love his last name. Like, yeah, that's a great last name, and I just can't hold on to it. And um, it's really so, funny too. I, yeah. we, we saw him at uh, the Hyenas in Fort Worth, and mm-hmm. just uh, like just perfect comedy for Childerberg. Yeah. So then we are going to be doing all of that at the Iron Wolf Distillery, which is twenty you five know, ish minutes away. Um, yeah, but, I, I don't. I'm not even sure if it's that far, but it's it's it's. I would say it's within fifteen twenty minutes. It's pretty close. Yeah. Well, the, the issue with like with, with the Mule Shoal recreational area is just getting out of the campsite. That's true. It's, it's just a deep campsite, which is great. Yeah. So, uh, uh well, and of- I, but I made the, uh, the campsite reservations this time closer to the entrance. So that kind of oh. like first, that first area you come in yeah, just yeah. because I know some people had a hard time finding it last time. So mm-hmm. I thought it would just be a little bit easier if it was closer to the entrance. Yeah, I think we need to look into like a banner or something. Yeah, yeah, um, that's why I was thinking maybe some of those like signs that you stick in the, you know, like the like yeah, the, yeah, like, like this way to Childerberg or something. Yeah, something yeah. like that. Yeah, those are pretty cool. cheap. I think they can be. Um, yeah, we should. Uh, yeah, I'll try to remember to look into those. Um, but yeah, so going to be lots of fun. Going to be lots of uh, people out there. We, I think, if if correct. You have we have more signups at this point than attendees last year. So that's right. Yep. Um, should be lots of fun. You know, it, it's camping in Texas. So one of the things that um, you know you need to keep in mind is bring water. Yes, and bring food. There are plenty of places to go out to eat. I mean, like you can. There's towns around, but it's about forty minutes outside of Austin. So if you're thinking like, oh, I'll just you know, go sleep at Austin. You, you certainly can, but just keep in mind, you know, it's a, um, adult minutes, beverage 40, friendly, yeah. Yeah. um, event. So, you know, people are having some drinks during the day and people do share drinks, um, pretty freely. So if you're planning to drive, don't, you know, just be responsible. Um, last year we did get 
good amount of rain during it. So if you're going to camp, just make sure you have, um, some weather, you know, wet weather gear just in case, but, um, it's beautiful in Texas. Even if it rains, the sun does come out and pretty much dry it all up pretty quickly. And, uh, yeah, lots of fun. Yeah, I think it is going to be a ton of fun. There, There is a town uh, nearby that has a couple of good hotels in it called Marble Falls. Mm. If people are yeah. not really campers, but they want to come and join the festivities. But like Mike. Uh, yeah. Uh, not, did I call you Mike? I did. Uh, yes. Like Mason <laughs> said, uh, you know, take it easy on the drinks. And mm-hmm. uh, if you're going to be driving back to town or make sure that you're going to ride with somebody who uh, can drive. Uh, yeah, soberly who, just so that you're safe and you can come back the next day. Yeah. And you know, plenty of Airbnbs close by, I'm sure. Um, so yeah. Um, yeah. bring a friend, tell a friend, even if you come out for a day, um, come out, see us. Um, I don't think he's necessarily said it anywhere, but I know he doesn't necessarily care if we do, uh, but Howie will be out from lines of Liberty. So yep. be good to see him in person. Um, I think we well, got to try to get him on before the shoot before that, the event. Be good. I don't know if we'll actually get the episode out before the event. So. And then uh, he didn't actually say he was going on Twitter, but Scott Horton also posted that he was interested on Twitter. So he may end up, and I know he lives somewhat nearby, so he mm-hmm. may end up coming down and hanging out with us for a little while. Yeah. Um, also, uh, Buck from the formerly from the Death to Tyrants podcast uh, and currently – I think it's called the Counterflow Podcast. That's on um, Thaddeus Russell's network. Oh, okay. uh, great, great show. And cool. uh, he's going to be out. He lives in, in the general area as well. He posted it on Twitter that he'll be at least coming down for the music and comedy. So, And also Monica Perez from the uh, Drive-By News Blast and Propaganda Report. Well, I guess it's the same show, but the Propaganda it's Report. two different versions of it. That's yeah, funny. exactly. So she'll, she'll, she's planning to come out and she'll be there. Uh, if you want to come down and meet her and and hang out, I, th- I know a lot of her uh, fans are going to be coming to meet her, but also we'll stay around and just kind of hang out and have a good time. It's it's really it's really I think one of the things that I I, I can never impress hard enough, I guess, is how good it is to hang out with people who um, are initiated i guess would be, <laughs> would be the, the right way to say it it's like it's just nice to be around people who are not absolutely insane or at least are the same type of insane as you i was gonna say like i was gonna say they have the same uh, kool-aid flavor base mm-hmm. you know where mm-hmm. it's like yes we may not all agree you know it's like if, if theodore comes out again or um crowd yeah yeah you know who I mean. government. Yeah. um but yeah if he comes out again like he's not necessarily aligned with us on everything, but he's a wonderful person and he's willing to have a conversation with you and discuss it as long as you're not a raging D bag. So yeah. I, I hope he does make it. He's uh yeah, he's, he's a lot of fun. Yeah. He's a lot of fun. Very nice. Um, and then the Barbary cook, I mean, uh, uh, he will not brewery. be able to come out this year. He said, what? so, yeah, he's got he I think he I don't know what exactly, but he's got a lot of other stuff going on. So but next year, he'll he said he'll he'll do his best. OK, well, I mean, he did uh, he did drive the last yeah. two. So it's yep. quite a quite a drive for him. Um, Rado will be out, though. I think he's on getting out on Sunday because uh, he's got other um, 
I won't say they're unimportant things, but it's just not important to us. <laughs> I will heavily imply that they are not important uh, events going on in his life. Um, so we won't have his his company as much as we normally would, which is disappointing. But he lives close enough to me that like I really don't have an excuse not to go see him. Um, so. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. It, you know, I think we've waxed poetic enough about how great Childerberg is. Uh, but how can you help Childerberg? So, first thing you can do is buy a shirt. We uh, have a lot of people signed up. We have had a lot of people buy shirts, uh, but not enough to meet our funding goals for the event. And uh, that comes out of Jacob's pocket. So, definitely helps out. Um, other ways you can help if you can't attend buy a shirt still. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um, we also take donations and even if you can't necessarily afford a shirt, if you do donate to freeross.org, um, under the value of a shipped shirt, because otherwise you could afford a shirt, um, which helps fund the, the event and any of the proceeds that we have past that go to free Ross. Um, so yeah, it would be, a you know, donate under Childerberg's name to free Ross. So yeah, that would be great. All right, are we, you want to get into articles? Let's only do one because we yeah. Uh, let's let's um, talking a bunch. Yeah. So, which one did you find more interesting? Uh, I thought that the Austrian one was more interesting. Just the other one, we talked about tariffs a lot. Um, I can give like a, a like a two second summary. It's basically uh, we talked about this before that uh, you know a lot of California producers had changed what they were growing to meet the demand in China. And then under the Trump administration, the tariffs and reciprocal tariffs have uh, made it basically so a ton of California producers went out of business and China went to switch to importing wine from Australia. Well, now China is imposing a 218% tariff on Australia and threatening to shut down a bunch of Australian wineries or vineyards that had switched to growing things that were geared toward the Chinese palate that Western people don't typically drink those types of wine or there's mm -hmm. a much smaller market for it in, in the West. Um, so kind of what we talked about before is happening again. It's that the, the, you know, the large market in China and the tariff wars around trade have caused people to um, maybe put all of their eggs into one basket or too many of their eggs into one basket. And then when that's no longer available, well, that's the kind of the end of their business. Yeah. So, so I think that's a, a very fair, uh, um, summary of it. So, yeah. So the other article though, I thought was actually much more interesting also mm -hmm. from our boy, Chris Mercer over there at decanter. Yeah. Both uh, were actually, yeah, both were. Yep. And I think he is a very fair journalist. Uh, wine journalist. Um, I don't know if he's a regular journalist or only a wine journalist, but I always just the facts with him. This article is called Austrian winery hails underwater aging success. So, so the, real quick, yeah. I thought this entire time it was an Australian winery. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, uh, they're funny. both Australia articles. What is he talking about Austria for? Uh, no. Oh yeah. No, Austria, Austria. <laughs> <laughs> So we've actually talked about this subject before as well, which is aging wine underwater. Um, I think we talked about it with, um, well, one time it was putting grapes underwater in the ocean and then bringing them up and rinsing them off and then making wine. 
And then uh, we have also talked about they brought wine that was in shipwrecks and stuff up to the surface mm-hmm. and then sold them and drank them. And they were, you know, um, up for to different degrees successful doing that. Um, so based on, on these types of, uh, I guess, popularity, like things that are popular that are happening, a, uh, a winery in Austria decided that they would submerge a, a large steel vat full of their 2018 vintage 60 meters below the surface of Lake uh, Constance, uh, which has an Austrian name as well, but uh, Lake Constance is what we'll call it. Um, mm-hmm. And so they basically were like, well, we, we want to try this out and see if being at the bottom of a lake uh, changes anything. And so 60 meters is apparently a record um, for aging wine. Uh, and even though they had GPS locations for it, apparently they also had a kind of a hard time finding it, but they were able to find it, bring it up. Um, the, the winemaker is, uh, Yosef Moth. It's, uh, an O with the umlaut on it. What does that mm-hmm. pronounce? How's that pronounced? Honestly, I don't know. Oh, okay. Like, I, I, I think you you're, know. I think you're close as we're going to get probably. Yeah. So I think it's Yosef Moth. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so spelled like Joseph, but because it's German, I'm assuming it's Yosef. I mean, that's how my last name was yeah. pronounced okay. back in the day. Okay, so uh, anyway, so he has an Austrian winery called uh, Moth, <laughs> uh, and um, so yeah, so they were they wanted to try this out. Uh, this was a record, and one of the reasons why they thought putting it this far down under the water was that you would basically have a constant temperature, and it would be undisturbed for the entire process, the entire aging process. So there wouldn't be any sort of like minor vibrations or anything like that, or very few minor vibrations, um, just whatever's coming through the earth. And uh, it would, you know, trucks driving by do vibrate it, and that does change the aging process and things like that. So um, you would not really be doing this. And they've, and they've actually done this in a couple of other places. Uh, they they mention uh, a winery in Basque country that does mm-hmm. it. And uh, there is also um, – I can't remember the other one. I think they give two examples, but anyways, this is a thousand liters that they age down there. Uh, it's extremely rare. So they're going to sell this as an extremely rare, a, uh, underwater aged wine. And, uh, apparently it turned out fairly well. Um, this is a, also, I guess the other thing was that it's a, an extremely clean environment. Uh, now what they meant by that, I'm not sure because it's, it's you know underwater. I'm not sure how you can decide if it's clean or not clean. But I guess if mm-hmm. it's sealed in a, a steel vat, there's nothing getting inside of it. And maybe they meant clean as far as like disturbance from people coming by or driving by or whatever. Uh, and anyway, so they said you know interesting aromas uh, compared to uh, so this wine. Oh, I forgot. I think I did. I tell what the uh, the blend was. No. Okay, so it's eighty uh, percent Zweitgelt, twenty percent Syrah. Um, well, this is weird. Oh, 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 I guess they did more than one. So there was a, there was one that was a 80% Zweitgelt and 20% Syrah. And then one was a hundred percent Chardonnay. I read that as it being a 200% wine, but that doesn't make any sense. So (laughs) I I wrote it down and I'm like, what? Wait, wait a second. Especially the, that blend combination. So we took two reds and did 50 and then we took a Chardonnay and we did 50 and then we went, blah. 
Yeah. <laughs> this is gross. Yeah, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but we've had a Zweigelt before, and I remember it being pretty good. Um, that's, I think, Austrians. Uh, yeah. Austrians kind of like champion red wine. Mm-hmm. And uh, anyway, so an interesting thing, they said they pulled it up. Uh, it was it had very interesting aromas. It, it was aged really well. Uh, then they kind of go in in the article why they decided to do it in a tank instead of a bottle, and it kind of comes down to um, pressure. That if you mm-hmm. put if you if you put it down that far in glass bottles, the bottles would uh, would that be would it be explode or implode? I guess it would be implode they because would implode. Be, yeah, so they would crush them with the pressure. Mm-hmm. So they needed it to be in these stainless steel uh, vessels, uh, and then um, uh, the, the I guess. Uh, they did say that they could have done it in a certain type of glass bottle, but they would have been champagne bottles because those are larger, thicker glass that's uh, designed to hold the pressure. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and that's really it. I mean, th- I thought it was very interesting. And then this is the most interesting part because this is actually, if we can get this, it is affordable. Um, well, it's very expensive because they are uh, 139 euros a bottle, which mm-hmm. is still expensive. But it's like 150 bucks. Yeah, but it's but it's not so expensive that it's like completely out of the range of something for yeah, us to try. It's not like that space wine. Like yeah, that's, it yeah, started that like, at six thousand dollars. Right, exactly. So um so this is actually one that I, I wouldn't mind trying to track down because it is super interesting to me. Uh mm-hmm. I don't know if you have anything you want to add to the to the well, article. There's, there's, you several things, well, there's several things that I'll point out because yeah. as not <laughs> being apparently illiterate thinking this was Australia the entire time. Um, so there's a couple things. So they thought due to the cold temperatures that the wine would be less punchy. Okay. Um, and I'm okay. using punchy loosely here because like when they described the wine, it sounded to me, and this is again, I thought this was Australia. So I thought these guys were retarded. Um, Cause like, Australian wines are a lot like New World wines, mm-hmm. where they generally are more fruit forward. But like the description of like the wine, basically to me sounded like an American wine. Okay, like, interesting. Like yeah, so more smell, that, more fruit yeah. flavor. Like yeah, I'll re- I'll read sure. the description real quick. So he he says in it, um, he said of the Lake wines, the aromatics are more intense. There is more fruit. They are louder wines. Uh, so that punchy, that makes sense. Uh, he also said he expected the lake wines would age more slowly. And I guess maybe that would have been because of the cold temperature. So, mm-hmm. um, and then it says a second experiment, albeit in a different location, uh, could strengthen the case for producing a scientific paper on the results. So they also did an analysis of this wine, uh, I guess from like a scientific perspective. And they said uh, up here in the earlier paragraph, it says uh, subsequent tastings as well as chemical analysis led analogy, uh, which is a wine expert, um, professor Robert Steedle, uh, showed the wines aged underwater were different from control samples that stayed on shore. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of interesting. Yeah. So like there's a couple of things that I thought were interesting here. So the first was they're not allowed to do it again at that location. Apparently mm-hmm. like they weren't able to go back to that location and like Mercer just kind of brushed past that and didn't give a really good description on why they weren't allowed to do that again, uh-huh. um, which I thought was kind of weird. 
but again, I thought it was Australia. So like now that I know it's Austria, it's like, it makes a little more sense, um, but not fully. And then like, so this is just like the, you know, they sent the wine to space sort of thing. Yeah. I like they, why? <laughs> yeah. So I understand like, you know, this one of the things that I often forget about is like, you know, it's like the, uh, angel share of whiskey, like, which is the, the whiskey that absorbs into the barrel staves. Mm-hmm. And so like they call it the angel share and like that happens with wine. I don't know if it happens as much. Um, so there is some loss there, but like, you know, the wine expands in the casks, especially like when it's in non steel casks, it expands, absorbs into the wood, brings in flavors and qualities of the wood. So to me, this is one of those ones that's like, okay, so they age wine in like caves. Right. So if you set the wine down in a cave, which I don't think has a lot of vibrations necessarily, but maybe it does. And I just don't realize it. Um, like you would be achieving the same thing except for the fact that it was like seven C the entire time. And then I was thinking like, well, what if we like did this in the great lakes, but the great lakes are also much more like currently active, like currents in the lakes themselves are very active. So maybe that's like a good reason not to do it. Yeah. But yeah, I I was actually, when I was reading it, I was kind of thinking like, um, I can't remember what it's called, but like in Tahoe, there's like a, there's like a line in the lake where if you go below a certain level, it gets extremely cold. Yeah. Um, And it, and all year long it's that, and people get died down there all the time because they'll, they'll dive down and then they hit this and their buoyancy changes and, and the shock from it, the temperature dropping so rapidly, like gets them disoriented. And a lot of times they'll, they'll sink and drown. Um, so, I, but I was thinking something along that line, like up at Crater Lake or maybe in Tahoe or somewhere like that. Like this would be kind of an interesting experiment to do as well, where you can put it down in this extremely cold temperature. Because remember that winery that uh, I went to out here, uh, Angelica, I think it was called. Um, mm-hmm. They did a a white wine that was um, it's an American grape that was developed in in Florida, but I can't remember what it's called. Uh, uh, Blanc de Bois, I think it's called Blanc de Bois. This sounds right. So, um, they did Blanc de Bois and they had two, one that was, that was fermented at a higher. Now, granted, this is just age. This is not necessarily the whole fermentation process, but, mm-hmm. um, one they fermented at regular temperatures. And then the other one, they, they basically lagered. They fermented at a very, very low temperature. And to me, the one that had been fermented at a low temperature was much better tasting. Um, mm. it, it tasted much more like a European grape, uh, wine rather than an American one. It didn't have a lot of those kind of, like, I hate describing them as off flavors because they are just different, but they're not as high quality is I think a good way of saying it. Um, but the one that was aged at a very cold temperature, I thought, uh, did have very good quality. So I was wondering if maybe, uh, you know, when you and I are billionaires and we can do all sorts of weird experiments and stuff like that, if we can find a lake and just experiment with American grapes, American hybrids, or, or even, or even European grapes, just like to see, you know, what it is, why, but again, sort of to your point, if you can do it above water, 
and it's and it's just as good. Why do this? Why would you even like? Why other than just because you could sell the bottle now for twice as much? Well, so like let's let's put our conspiracy hats on, but not go down the rabbit hole like lunatics. So let's say that the world is just getting warmer. This could be a good way to control in a cheaper way temperature. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's one way you could do it. Because like I was sitting there thinking like one of the big issues with Texas is it's too hot. Yes. For wine a lot of the time or certain wines. Yeah. And then I was like, well, what if we put a bunch of Texas wine into lakes? But then I remembered that like Texas only has like one natural lake or some weird like thing like that. So I don't know if any of the Texas lakes are like deep enough for this. But you know like, what, what what Texas does have a lot of is limestone caves that are pretty deep. Mm-hmm. Um, so that might be something that would be an interesting thing is if you had a property with a limestone cave and you could get down there deep where the temperature is cool and consistent. Um, yeah. So that's why I was thinking is like, cause we know several Texas wine producers. So like if, if, and when we become as wealthy as we intend to become like going out to them and being like, Hey, can we pre buy like half your vintage? Yeah. Cause we're going to go age it over here in these like caves. Right. Or, you know, like f- fly it up to Michigan and do, you know, one of these big, like, you know, one, one of those things. Like, yeah, just something interesting. <laughs> yeah. It's just a waste of money, but like, but also fun. Yeah. But like, it, it even might not be a waste of money because it, like, it, you know, that's the, and like, this kind of harkens back to like our Bitcoin conversation earlier about like, yeah. and like, the thing is, like, I, the best I can say is like, it's just the perceived value. Like, right. Does somebody perceive a value in this? Okay, they do or they don't. And so that's where I think like with this sort of experiment, it's like the previous ones were done at like up to 20 meters. So like a much more achievable depth in a lot of places. But again, it doesn't explain like, you know, it's like the, the first person to look at X and go, I wonder what that tastes like. It's like, it's like beer. It's like, how friggin' thirsty did you have to be to basically look at the bag of grains in Egypt that got wet, that fermented and been like, I'm going to drink the pus that came out of that thing. Right, right. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, or like the people who, and th- this is one of those things that always kind of baffled me is like, how they kind of think cheese may have first started coming about. Like people put it in animal, put milk in animal skins and then went somewhere and then went, I'm going to eat the result of this when I got there. Yeah. Well, I mean, they must have been really hungry. Yeah. And like, I get it. Like, you know, it's kind of like, you know, how many times have you like messed up a recipe and then still tried to struggle through the result? Yeah. Going right. like all the time and effort I put into this, like screw it. And, and like, yeah. you know, that's one of those things where do you ever have this thought of like maybe back, like you thinking back in the day, like let's say that you lived in a place like Athens at its height where you didn't necessarily think you were going to be conquered and murdered or so like Rome under, um, 
like the first emperor right where and you were like a citizen so you don't necessarily think you're going to be like killed in like by barbarians at the gates or something like that you know you you you, you know you're going to live like how many people have like those modern thoughts of like man i hate when my balls stick to my leg you're <laughs> right, right like just things like that where you're like the modern can like is our lives so great that we have these stupid little thoughts and like didn't you know are these new thoughts like you know the like have you ever read like something like frankenstein in and it's kind of like the nobody's complaining about the fact that they're wearing like 16 layers and could freeze to death still so this is actually that's, that's an interesting uh thought because i had this thought you know i i went to the john wayne museum uh, yeah. yesterday and i was because i was so excited about it it really reinvigorated my like love of americana um mm-hmm. I was watching The Man Who Shot Liberty Valance because it's uh, available on uh, Netflix for free or on uh, Amazon for free. And I was, I don't know where it's supposed to take place, but I think it's supposed to take place in like Texas or Arizona, somewhere like that. And I'm watching them all walk around in like four layers of clothing. Yeah. And like I'm having the thought, like while I'm watching that, why? Like, why did people not wear shorts and t-shirts? And and like, I guess maybe for the for the shorts part, like there's snakes, there's things like that that can get you. But like, like I, I, it's just so hot. <laughs> and, and I remember having this thought when I lived in Virginia. We, you know, when we first moved there, and I was like sitting outside with my dad, and I was like, why would anybody land here and then set up a colony? It's <laughs> hot as hell. There's mosquitoes everywhere how bad was it in England? Was it that bad? And yeah. my dad's like, yeah, it must've been <laughs> like for them to want to come here. It must've been but that like, bad there. You've been to England and it's like, it's cold all the time. It is. But like, like I, I feel like I would rather live in a place that is cold a lot than a place that is humid. And then wearing like the stuff that pilgrims wore where it's mm-hmm. like, three layers of wool clothing and a hat that's made out of wool and like yeah. all but of this stuff. Like, but you but know, that's the thing is pilgrims didn't live down here necessarily. True. Like, I mean, it, it's not, it's not necessarily that much better in Massachusetts temperature and humidity wise and all that stuff. I, I understand. I'm not like arguing that, but like, keep in mind, they also sailed to India. That's true. Yeah. Which is, and it's exceptionally <laughs> warm place. Yeah. And we're like, we're conquering it in yeah. wool, yeah. like red bull uniform. Like, yeah. Right. So like that, that's the sort of thing that I think about like is, you know, like let's like somebody like Nebuchadnezzar where you're like, or, you know, pick a like Cyrus the great where you're like, there are times in his life where he was not going to be killed by anybody. And didn't have to really like be watching his back the entire time and could just kind of go about a day. And like, how many times like do you, how many times do you sit down at the beginning of the week going like, okay, here's all these things I'm going to accomplish this week. And you get to the end of the week and you're like, shit, I did even less than, (laughs) I did even less than that. (laughs) Like, like, yes, you did, you know, everything you need to do is stay alive. But like, it's not that hard in our society to stay alive. (laughs) Right. 
and yeah. that's the thing that like I just kind of think about it like sometimes it's like I know other people have these dumb thoughts that I have because like you know you read like ask reddit or reddit and stuff like that and you know just the internet in general and you you know you kind of hear shower thoughts and people have these stupid thoughts but like how frequently it's like how when did it like when did humans first start having these like i you know because i i definitely get the impulse of like is this edible right because like i sit there walk down the street and i'm like looking at all the trees and stuff like that i'm like why don't we eat these leaves right like which one of these would actually make you really sick and which one of these are just neutrally crap And, and you think about like two back then that a lot of people probably had a lot of that knowledge. I mean, yeah, maybe not. But there also like wasn't so many land. like, yeah, but there was yeah. also not so many exotic trees That's in the true. areas, yeah. you know, like, you know, well, they, actually, they had I, to I had this, bring a lot that, of stuff with them. I had that kind of thought recently too, about like, you know, pawpaws, the tree, the pawpaw uh-huh. tree. So that's a native fruit species to America. Mm-hmm. we don't eat them. Like they're not in the grocery stores and stuff. And they don't really ship very well, but it's like, there are people who go out and look for them. They're like, there's pawpaws in this park, not too far away from here. You can go and get, you can go collect pawpaws and, and eat them. They're, they're good. They're, they taste like tropical fruit. It's like the only tropical fruit that grows in North America. Mm-hmm. Um, like naturally, but it's like, it's things like that where I'm like, this must have been part of somebody's diet, like a, like fruit from a tree, but also, how do you make, how do you risk that? Like you're, you're hungry, you're out, you're in a new place. You find this pawpaw fruit. It smells good. It looks good, tastes good, but there's a lot of stuff that have all those qualities, but are poisonous. Yeah. So like, how do you figure that out? You eat just a little bit and then like, see if you are like, have like terrible diarrhea or something like that. Or do you try to look for an animal that's eating it that, you know, has a diet that you can roughly eat like, yeah. I, I've always I've always thought about that, like where and, and well, and sort of back to that whole Virginia, like coming to Virginia thing. You know how like those undeveloped areas that are like on the side of the road, mm-hmm. and it's just like, and maybe it wasn't like this because I know there are a lot of exotic species that are there now, where it's just like a mass of trees and vines and stuff. Yeah, it's like who who got to the shore here, looked at the shore and saw a wall of vegetation blocking them, and was like, let's just clear all that. We'll just clear it and and we'll, and we'll set up a farm. It's like yeah. to me, like from and this is again, this is just us in you know twenty twenty one going like, I, I can't even imagine the labor that would go into that, especially when you're wearing like a wool suit, yeah. <laughs> and you have to do it with an axe, right? Or right. like one of those giant ass two people saws. Is you're not even talking like a chainsaw, and you're not even talking like a thirty year old forest. You're talking in theory virgin growth yeah for the most part like in you know pine trees like maybe that's the thing is maybe it was all pine like but either way like it's one of those things where it's just like or like better yet like the polynesians who are just like yeah we're at guam and uh we're just gonna go that way yeah why there's something out there yeah yeah how the fuck do you know (laughs) yeah Uh, like or you know, they've found Egyptian mummies with like tobacco. Which I, is I've seen world. that. And I think there was yeah. one too where they found one that had cocaine and one that had, yeah, one that had chocolate, yeah. one that had cocaine. 
Yeah, exactly. And it's like the tip of South America and the tip of Africa. Like, I think there's like one place where like North America is further away to that place in South America than Africa is. You know, it's like one of those like weird yeah, like math those problem weird, yeah, things. Those weird, yeah, yeah, where it's like, but yeah, you wouldn't, you wouldn't think that they were that far, but. Um, yeah, so that that's one of those things where it's just like human ingenuity of just being like, yeah, I'm going to go figure this out. It's like, yeah. wait, what? You're going to do what? What now? <laughs> like, It's like, you know, the people who, like I was telling you today, like I'm looking at this field of marketing class or course thing that I bought. And it was like 12 bucks, you know, it was, yeah. it was super cheap. And I'm pretty sure the guy teaching it is Nigerian. Like he may he live in the United States now, but like <laughs> definitely has like an African accent. And I'm just yeah. like, you like, let's say like, let's say he didn't, he, he's not in Britain. He's not in like, let's say he's actually from Africa. Uh-huh. You learned English well enough wherever you're from to be confident that you could record a video and put it out there and then did multiple of them and are doing affiliate marketing. <laughs> like it's just like, and I couldn't figure this out on my own. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's impressive. <laughs> yeah. But, but you know just, what they say is that like easy times make soft men. And so it kind of is like, it is really easy to live in 2021 as much as yeah. we complain about like, the government and all these other types of things. It's like, yeah, at a certain point you just kind of have to do like there, you can't, yeah. you can't just sit and complain. And, and you know, if we lived, you know, 500 years ago and we got here on a boat and there was like a bunch of forests or whatever, and we don't know what's there, we don't know what's going on. You know, what are you, what else are you going to do? Go back to England? You <laughs> can't really do that. So might as well just move forward, I guess. Yeah. And I guess that's one of those things where it's like, it's your job. You know what I mean? Like you signed up for this choice, like to go do the colony. So like there, there is that at least it's not like these people were like, yep, I'm uh, perfectly comfortable being a uh, jerk about in England. And now I'm being sent there. No, like eventually that did happen with like, Australia and stuff like that, you know, criminals and people who were mistaken as criminals. And whatnot. Yeah, and I guess I guess Georgia too. Georgia, I think, was a penal colony for a while. Yeah, too. I think Pennsylvania was too, or was going to be. I don't remember something weird like that. But yeah, either way, like that, you know. So that's what's kind of super impressive about you doing Childerberg. It's like, hey, I want to introduce myself to like a Liberty guy in the uh, DFW area. So you like look at Cars Twitter and then. You're like, yep, Chilberg sounds like a great idea. I'm going to take it and make this a thing. Yeah, <laughs> well, that's true. I mean, here we are. you just got to, yeah, you just got to decide to do it. And, and you know, also full credit to Victoria on a lot of that, because I think if I had come here and just met up with Car Car and I probably would have just talked about it forever. Mm-hmm. And But with, with being married to my wife, it's, it's, there's no, there's no talk. There's only do. She, there is no try. There is only do. Or do not. Yeah, it's funny because like this morning I put on my Childerberg one shirt and then my wife, after she took a shower, put on her Childerberg one shirt. And as we were driving to lunch, 
she went, when did you put that on? I was like, before you got dressed? Uh, no way. <laughs> yeah. Well, before you got dressed. That's funny. So, but yeah, so uh, we're tasting anarchy. Uh, normally they're a little more focused than this, but uh, we do often go off on these weird tangents on uh, weird thoughts. So yeah. um, I'm Mason. He's Jake. Uh, stay free, everybody. All right. Stay free.